Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. Welcome back to Giant Size Heroes. It is number 32. You are listening to this on probably Thursday the 12th, maybe later. I don't know, far in the future. Survivors uh, after the apocalypse who find this podcast. Time's a flat circle. We're existing now and on Tuesday and on Thursday, Amy. Frankly, it's all relative. It's Tuesday. I'm recording the podcast with Koi. It's Thursday. You're listening to the podcast. It's 2025. You're listening to the podcast, and we're still talking about comics. <laughs> so we're going to start out Watchmeny as usual. Um, no, we're not. Uh, we will probably get it back around to it because that is our whole brain. Six hours. I need six hours per episode to just talk about it Koi. for anyone that wants to listen. I just need to – I'm going to start recording phone notes of just my rambles and post them on the internet. We will become the weird happy Rorschachs of this by yes. keeping rambling journals of uh, our process of uncovering the mysteries. Her of Watchmen. Hmm, indeed. Uh, so, hmm, first off this week, uh, we just, room for anything that we didn't. It was a super packed week, as you all will know by Jesus. now, on Collider Heroes. A truly incredible uh, week, starting with a certain long-awaited Wonder Woman trailer. I'm so happy, Koi. I really, 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 really liked it. Because... Like, I wasn't worried. I so. wasn't worried, but I... I, I... You know that thing where you see somebody you're not expecting to see at the grocery store, but you want to? Mm. Like when you see that person, you're like, man, it's really good running into you, but we have no obligation. Like this is – it's quick. It's great. Like moving I'm on. I'm so happy to be reminded you exist. That was this trailer for me. Absolutely. It was that perfect like right amount of time, right amount of vague, right amount of knowledge. Like it was the person at the grocery store. Somewhere out there, Patty Jenkins is making a Wonder Woman movie, and it's just good to know and that. it feels good. It feels real good to know, <laughs> and thank you, Patty Jenkins. <laughs> Uh, so speaking of which, she, uh, will, I'm jumping down to some of the, the news and commentary about it. Uh, 
We got a lot of pieces of interviews, some of which you can read right here on Collider.com if you want to dive into all of the things we learned from this weekend's CCXP down in Brazil. Uh, Patty Jenkins talked both at the panel and to reporters about what she's doing with the movie, what she's hoping for, why she's making some of the choices she's making, still without spoiling basically anything, which is amazing. Impressive. Uh, and the, so the, so that's all really great stuff that I would encourage you to check out if you would like to know all of that behind the scenes. Uh, she did say the movie's mostly done, which I'm very excited about. She says she already knows what she wants to do with Wonder Woman 3. Give her the trilogy. Just uh, just announce it. Yeah. Like, in fact, announce it before the movie comes out. Let's just, <laughs> just throw in the confidence, make it happen. We're ready. Uh, she basically said, I don't want to tell anyone because I might change my mind, which is a filmmaker's prerogative. Uh, but uh, she already has an idea for it, which makes me feel great. And Steve Trevor dies again. <laughs> Poi's trying to kill us all <laughs> with heartbreak. Uh, and she also apparently is working on potentially setting up an Amazon-specific spinoff. Koi. I'd be here for that. I'd be all about. I, you know, give me a shared Wonder Woman universe. Wonder like, Woman has the most underutilized mythology of any area of major DC. You mean literal mythology? Yeah, like, literal <laughs> mythology. But it was one of those things where, uh, in watching the Titans show for DC Universe, standard disclaimer, I work there and I love it. Uh, but in watching the Titans show, one of the things that I was really struck by was seeing like the first live action version of Donna Troy. Mm-hmm. It took so long for there to be any live action version of like. We, we don't have a lot of Etta Candies and Steve Trevors. They don't go popping by in the background of Smallville for some reason. Yeah. Like, her 80s supporting cast, Vanessa Capitellis, all of them, like, there's so much in the Wonder Woman world that just has lain there untouched. Uh, this is our first Max Lord in cinema history. It's our first Max Lord in the trailer, and it's perfect. But, like, <sighs> it's really weird to think about how important Max Lord is to the comics, and he's, like, just now arriving, you know? Do you think... Oh, okay. Okay. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Okay. What you got? Oh, no, Cole, you're a bad influence on me, because I'm about to go tinfoil hat. Welcome. Uh, I don't think this is what's going to happen because I don't know how that would work with him probably being the villain of this film. But you know what else happens in the 80s? The friggin' Justice League International. (laughs) If they just sideline modern Justice League altogether, branch off into an alternate universe, and Booster and Blue Beetle show up at the end of this movie to make the Justice League International under Max Lord, I will die in the theater. You know, I just reread Animal Man, the Grant Morrison (laughs) Animal Man, and if they can do Justice League Europe, even Justice League Europe, and have Animal Man involved, you know what I mean? Buddy Baker! Oh, man. Also, Grant Morrison's Animal Man was good when I read it in high school. Now it's damn near perfect. Animal Man is such a good run. Uh, Holy crap. Check out Animal Man. Side plug. But if he can bring in Justice League Europe or any sort of weird side team, I'm all about it. Uh, yes, yeah, so maybe that's happening. I don't know. The The other thing I, that excites me about the Amazon spinoff idea, other than me being first in line for it just in general, uh, is that... One thing I'm longing to see, and I don't know whether we'd get Diana in that, but uh, especially since we know that Cheetah probably doesn't end this movie besties friends with uh, Wonder Woman. Uh, A thing that I want out of Wonder Woman stories is her inspiring the world and her forging connections with other women. And both of those were things that kind of couldn't happen in the first movie Mm -hmm. for some reasons that, like... Uh, you know, the inspiring the wo- world didn't exactly fit with the mythology they were handed and the like bonding with other women just wasn't the choice that they went with in the script for that one. Um, aside from the wonderful Etta Candy played by Lucy Davis in that movie. Uh, it's just something that I always sort of 
I look for that in Wonder Woman stories. I love that about Wonder Woman stories. Not every story has to be focused on those things, but I'm excited for those elements to come into it because mm. they are part of what she brings to the table. Uh, but yeah, I'm thrilled. I'm excited. I can't wait for this movie. <sighs> I I knew the trailer was coming, and I was still it was still like a warm blanket. Yeah. I, I I'm really excited. And it just looks good. It looks like great. literally pretty to the eyes. Like it looks gorgeous, and it also is like uh, it's Wonder Woman. I really want more. Yeah. <laughs> like I just like I don't have anything eloquent to say. <laughs> but there is there is a perfect distilled elegance to that. Like yeah, you should make another Wonder Woman movie. <laughs> good job doing that. Yeah. Correct decisions were made. Please continue along that path. Oh man, <laughs> I'm it's so happy. It's such a good like. I I can't stop talking and thinking about Watchmen, but. It, and sorry, no, I'm not. It's it's the saga of the season. Uh, every time I I slow down and I'm like, you know, thinking about the world or like what's going on or just like daydreaming. We live in this age of comic book content where there's too many trailers to discuss. We had two slow weeks out of the entire year on Heroes, <laughs> and and one like and we finally got to answer Twitter questions. Like it, it didn't even make for a bad episode because we had so many other accumulated stuff we don't normally get to. And now this week we had to push a boys trailer over to Giant Size. We're diving deeper into stuff we couldn't talk about on the regular show. Like all of this is happening at once, and Watchmen's on. Yeah, the whole time. We only have one episode left. What are we going to do? It's going to be real hard. It's going to be a real, like, I've watched six and seven three times, five <sighs> three times, eight only once so far. But, like, I'm so obsessed. It's ruining other TV for me so quickly. <laughs> like, Baby Yoda's great, y'all, but Watchmen's on. Well, I also, you can pry Baby Yoda from my cold, dead hands. <laughs> uh... I haven't watched the last episode of Mandalorian. I rewatched seven instead like it's fascinating what there's no wrong choice there there's it's no just, it's great well i mean i uh, i word to the internet we got to figure out what our deal is with this because waking up on friday morning to a feed full of the new images from mandalorian is just not a work like yes i made it my breakfast viewing because i was like i okay guys i know i'm gonna see everything in it so might as well watch it now immediately so, genius marketing i guess but this can't be how we live come on well it's not long until we just have chips in our heads and everything <laughs> beamed in and then there are no spoilers because we're all one hive mind. <laughs> all right. Next up. Second. Friggin. I can't. Like on any rational week. This would be the headline and an entire episode. We got a Black Widow trailer. Yeah, we did. Uh, uh, yeah. We got. Let's see. My my fave new info from that was just like our first look at the extended cast there. Uh, and the new posters, oddly, that they put out. I love the European Birds. one. The, yeah, the two new posters we saw for Birds of Prey. This, uh, sorry, for uh, Black Widow. There's so much. There's so much this week. But the new posters for Black Widow were absolutely wonderful. Uh, yeah, bring I, it on. I, I've seen the trailer three times now, and every time it's still exciting. Like three different cuts. Every time it's a little bit more, and they're tweaking a little things, and the pacing gets a little better. Um, and this I... is solidly my first look at the movie. So oh yeah, it's very okay. Interesting. So everyone's having this experience like in different chunks, but, right? Uh, and uh... like, I, it's funny because Comic Con was six months ago. Like mm-hmm. you know, so it feels very like yeah, Wonder Woman. I mean, yeah, Black Widow. Like <laughs> sure, that's, that's great. But it's so exciting again, and that's how good the trailer is. It's yeah. a new wave of excitement, um, and also like. Good on them for doing so much practical. I saw this fight six months ago. I can vouch they had just filmed it. I saw the damn thing. And also the the fight, the trailer I saw was four minutes of that fight. I've seen most of that fight in the house, and it's incredible. Cool. Uh, so I, I can't wait. Like, I'm all in. Uh, the trailer's great. Everyone in it's great. It's great. All right. So next up, I couldn't watch it yet because I still need to catch up and see the boys. What did you think of season oh, two trailer? Oh, you still need to see the boys. That's right. Uh, season two, it's a silent trailer. 
Um, so there's not a single line of dialogue in it. Hmm. All of the imagery you is You have to imagine very... the swears. Yes, exactly. You're like, ah, oh, the running four-letter word track line. <laughs> um, so I really liked that because it kept it to be a teaser. Um, it's very, very hyper-violent. It actually leaked a day early. Um, it was supposed to be officially re- re- released the next day. I did not realize that, and I thanked Amazon Prime for releasing it, and then like Amazon Prime took it down. <laughs> so there was this really funny thing where people were tweeting through. They're like, um, it says remove from Amazon Prime where you click next to Amazon Prime. I was like, oh, I see. I'm sorry. Uh, so the, the bootleg copy I had was very pretty, and it looked legit. Um, it looks – like the boys got a ton of budget, and the first season was not cheap. It looks huge. It looks nice. crazy. Uh, and I'm rereading the boys. I'm on volume six right now, so nice. I'm going all the way back through. And like, I I have some theories already, just from flashes. I've got some ideas. It's just, oh, it's. We've had two of the best superhero shows of all time just this year. Like, it's it's incredible. The boys exist. So <laughs> I'm I'm so excited. <laughs> All right. I'm, someday I'm breaking down. You're going to read The Eternals, and I'm going to engage with the And we'll boys. have a very long talk about very different content. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, and then we got, uh, just just for the the fun of it, uh, a Legends of Tomorrow trailer out uh, because their season, of course, will pick up post-crisis, which mm-hmm. is a thing we can now say about CW TV shows. That's awesome. Which is so bizarre. Uh, but, yeah, a fun, silly Legends of Tomorrow trailer hit for their season five uh, and I got to say, I have not kept up with Legends, but watching this crossover is making me really want to. Uh, I have not kept up with Legends, but every time there's any new footage that's as insane as the Unicorn, I'm like, man, do I have the time? Yeah, I need to. <laughs> but man, and this trailer is it's so wacky. And I, and I respect that. And Sarah Lance in the crossover has been fantastic. It's just good to see her. And is Brandon Routh still on that show? I believe so. Then I'm He's in I'm, the trailer. I'm in t- <laughs> touche. Uh, guys, I haven't seen the trailer. Uh, <laughs> no, Brandon, that's fair. Brandon Routh is in something. I'm probably there. Yeah. Uh, so basically, Corey and I are both missing out on what would probably be one of our fave shows. Yeah, as we're we describing it. Yeah. Like, I like, like all ah, these pieces. Really sure good. is good. Uh, please make fun of us on the internet. This is exactly the blackmail many have been looking for. They have an audio clip of us acknowledging the very thing they've been yelling <laughs> on Twitter. If you like the pieces, you'll probably like the puzzle. Mm-hmm. But if I like both peanut butter and jelly. But I need something to keep it off my hands. Some sort of bread? No, wait, what? A sandwich? <laughs> One of my favorite things is that, like, the best thing since sliced bread is a very recent expression because sliced bread is so recent. And I just love the idea that it was like a poker game that invented the sandwich because of greasy cards. <laughs> like, we're such a weird species that we're like, no, no, not for convenience. Wait, I, tell me the story. What? Uh, sandwiches were invented. Uh, to my knowledge, I could be wrong. I'll get yelled at. Uh, sandwiches were invented by like a mobster who loved playing poker. He didn't want grease on the cards, so there was no tells for what cards he had. So he put meat. He liked meats, deli meats, in between bread to keep his hands clean. And sandwiches were invented. I choose to believe that that is true. <laughs> That's and an that's, amazing story. And that's recent. It was like the like 1920s or something. Well, so, certainly, and, and the idea of slicing bread would only be possible when we switch from sort of a market to, like, shipping food around kind of based economy. Right. Uh, and there would be no point to sort of, like, pre-slicing bread unless you figured out other mass production stuff that make that reasonable. So it being a recent invention makes a ton of sense. Uh, and it is very in character for our civilization to invent something about 100 years ago and then forget that it's new. Uh, that's, we do that all the time. It's kind of our thing. It's kind of our bag. <laughs> uh, the first machine that sliced bread was invented in 1928. Dang. Uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm seeing that's about my even mine. newer than I thought. Right. That's actively less than 100 years ago. Now, that's... something resembling a sandwich has to go back 
as long as there's been bread. I'm sure who people have could. been putting stuff. But, like, I want the mobster part of this to be true because it's great. Meat between bread slices. Only the important content on Giant Size Heroes. <laughs> just, there have been no we, potatoes yet, but uh, stay tuned. Oh, my God. This is amazing. Legend has it the mighty John Montague, the Earl of Sandwich, invented the first sandwich around 1762 during a rousing 24-hour gambling session. He requested that some salt beef be placed between two slices of bread that, so that he could hold his food and continue to play poker. So it happened much earlier than I thought, but it was the Earl of Sandwich. I, uh, I'm going to deal with this knowledge for a while. I definitely had heard <laughs> versions of the Earl of Sandwich thing before, but assumed it was a joke. Some salt beef be placed between two slices of bread so that he could hold his food and continue to play poker. Uh, that is a good legend. It is a legend <laughs> of the past, and I endorse it. And if there is an episode where the Legends of Tomorrow investigate this rumor, please tweet it at us immediately. And also, just in general, as much as we can incorporate food news into the potato scale, I'm going to bring bread in. We're going to bring sandwich meats. Also, Corey and I are credulous and will definitely believe every cool urban myth we read about food history. Uh, please keep them coming. Because it's way more exciting than possible boring truths. <laughs> Uh, so Unboring Truths brings us back to the news of this week in, I'm going to be a broken record today, news that would certainly be headlining news on a less packed week. How oh, about yeah. them Golden Globes? Award season had to, like, what is happening this week? Amy, why did the last two weeks have to be like, Everybody we'll woke up from their turkey naps and went, everything! And they're like, oh no, the holidays are coming. They woke up post-turkey and prepped for Christmas and shoved it in a week. In one week. Um, uh, we got some Critics' Choice Award nominations. We got some Golden Globe nominations. Uh, what do you think? Joker's got four. Joker has four major four. Golden Globe nominations. And that's incredible because, frankly... Many people didn't think this movie would exist. Then many people think didn't people think would see it, which is just silly. And now that it's made a billion dollars and the performance is legendary, like his performance, like the movie or hate it, his performance is a hell of a thing. I think he's going to walk away with some gold this year. Uh, it was nominated for Best Motion Picture, Best Director, Best Performance by an Actor in a Motion Picture Drama, and Best Original Score, which the score of this movie is. Like, I think all of these awards are deserved. Uh, I'm a little bummed with the uh, with the nominations, only because Greta Gerwig did not get a nomination, nor did my girl for Honey Boy, my best picture of the year. So uh, I will be that guy. I haven't seen Little Women yet, so I can't be mad yet, but I'm already kind of mad because I really want to see that movie. Have you seen Honey Boy? I haven't seen Honey Boy. Honey Boy might have taken my Endgame spot. It might go Honey Boy, Endgame, Joker. Honey Boy is properly out, but Little Woman's not out till Christmas, right? Correct. So I have that? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you're not late on that, but it's still, like, it's great. Uh, Little Woman's fantastic. It deserves Aww. some love. Uh, but, like, for a movie that is so personal to be that, to make you so introspective about your own life, which is Honey Boy, to, to maybe, I haven't decided because I've only seen Honey Boy twice, to maybe move Endgame, which is 20 nine years of my life leading up to like it's it's real special so that i feel Very like there, cool. there's some there's some award consideration that should be had uh but joker uh four golden globes i think it's gonna get some oscar love and it's uh it's a crazy time to be alive guys uh and watchman's getting some love on the critics choice award front it's starting to rack up nominations for being excellent and killing all of us uh we would i i basically will be rooting for it in every category of every award show for the next year mm -hmm. regina king for everything uh, yeah. While we're on the TV subject, can I just say that on Twitter, 
which I love that communication can happen publicly when it's appropriate. Uh, Sterling K. Brown reached out to Yaya and said, like, hey, man, big fan. I've been watching Watchmen. I just think your body of work's incredible. I just wanted to, like, and, like, just sent him blind love. Like, just sent him some love. And then uh, Yaya retweeted it with the – actually, I can just read it to you because I already retweeted it because I got real excited. Um, Because these are two of my favorite actors working and just to see them, like, respecting each other. So, like, yeah, man, I'll love, like, back and forth on Twitter. Uh, Sterling K. Brown said, we have yet to have the pleasure of meeting, but, bruh, can we write this wrong? Your body of work is so rich and so full. And after this last episode of Watchmen, I had to take to the Twitterverse to announce my fandom. You kill it, bruh. Respect. Yaya retweeted that with, my brother, this means everything. Much love and gratitude, and yes, we must set this straight sooner than later. Can I just... Can I just... Maybe the internet isn't that. I I retweeted this immediately because I was just like, I love it so Like, they're so talented and good. Like, those, both those things? So, uh, while we were on the subject of TV, I'm going to sneak in some This Is Us references by saying Sterling K. Brown is the best thing next to Yaya, and now they're homies on frickin' Twitter. It makes me so happy. And in a way, that's also a Marvel DC team up. It is, father of Panthers. Yeah. That's. I mean, I'm. I'm in. <laughs> I'm all in. I just. Oh, it's incredible. Uh, so yeah, the Amalgam Universe is Twitter, and it's delightful to see. That explains a lot. Honestly. <laughs> uh, so the other place things happen, uh, <gasps> other than Twitter. I just realized what the Prestige is. Dark Claws, a movie. It's Hugh Jackman, Christian Bale, and a Christopher Nolan film. Dark Claw. Wow. With Scarlett Johansson. Guys, I just realized. <laughs> uh, Coy, take this one. I promise. I just, I needed, I, I wish this was being filmed because Amy's face right now is pure incredulous awe. Who else, like Christopher Nolan directing a movie with David Bowie and Dark Claw and Black Widow in it? <laughs> was a short-lived comic book line, intentionally short-lived, that spun out of the DC Marvel crossover of the 90s, which is one of the uh, artifacts of my heart and my childhood. Uh, it was ridiculous. You could vote on the winners. It made no sense, and I loved it very much. And it led to a brief melding of the worlds. Uh, I can't wow. believe they've... I was like, uh, what Malcolm actors... No, no, they did a movie together. The Prestige, which is about tricking people. The Amalgam Universe has been a, ride, a real amalgam, however you say that word. Uh, this is one of the problems with falling in love with things as a kid. Uh, you don't know how to say them. It's real. It exists. <laughs> and they made a movie about it. Uh, while I process that knowledge, Koi, what happened in Brazil? Uh, well, you know, we weren't there, but uh, we've read some coverage. We had a WandaVision image come out. A Scarlet Witch gets a name because we are finally going to call her Squar- Scarlet Witch. I was really happy about this. This was confirmed. Uh, so they, they did a big presentation down in Brazil. And look, I want to be mad because I want to be in all places at all times. But, Koi, you've seen the Black Widow trailer three times. <laughs> I know. You don't I'm, get to be I'm mad. I'm like over here up to you. I'm like, I haven't been to San Paulo once. <laughs> and frankly, disappointed. Stop. Uh <laughs> We we would love to be there, though. Uh, it sounds great. <laughs> Please. These panels looked amazing. I love that they shared more of it this year. They did the whole live stream thing for Wonder Woman, which I thought was amazing. Uh, and we had a giant Kevin Feige presentation where we learned some things that made me real happy. Mm-hmm. I, everything he – I mean, they have such a beautiful uh, pulse of the people that they're able to say just enough to get us excited without giving anything away. Like, Kevin Feige has it's mastered like press conferences. Yeah, it's almost like uh, we should give him everything in the Disney pantheon. <laughs> He'll be on Star Wars before you know it. You'll see. You'll see. We we already know that piece. You're saying he's probably going to be running gonna, it? I think there'll be a, a two- to three-year phase where Kevin Feige has a lot more control than one movie. I think he's going to be, like, 
shepherding some stuff. That would surprise me, but but I wouldn't be mad about it. Yeah. Um, uh, Before Filoni, after Kennedy. That's my theory. I think Filoni is no land after on. Kennedy. Stop with the conspiracy. Sorry, people have these crazy conspiracy theories about what's going on behind the scenes over there, and it has made me skeptical about actual pieces of news. Because I'm like, okay, but is this information or? I think she's just not going to spearhead it forever. Like, I think she's naturally going to retire. I mean, she's a human point. being. Yeah, so I think yeah. she'll want to, like, okay. you know, fair live point, her life. Fair point. I'm not saying this is happening tomorrow. I'm saying, like, <laughs> in the next 20 years, she'll be like, well, that was fun. I just think that, like, that's the next thing he'll end up doing. And then I think Filoni's going to be the next one. Uh, These are conspiracy theories. These are just. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Filoni rules uh, would be very excited about that. And obviously, never going to argue with Kevin Feige doing things. Uh. Doing things like okay, I'm going to jump to straight. My most exciting piece of this, mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's a tie between what you cited earlier, which is <laughs> footage of the Eternals, Sounds which I'm very good. excited about. I really want to see what that movie's going to be. I really want to know more about what they're doing. They are basically playing in one of the areas where you can change everything, and nobody's mad about it. Uh, tweet me if you actually will be mad about changes to the Eternals. I love what <laughs> I've seen of them, but it's it, in many ways you, you got some freedom there. I am most excited about finding out that the Disney Plus new series characters are way further along than I expected and that we can apparently expect to see Ms. Marvel, Moon Knight, and She-Hulk towards the end of next year. What? That's real soon. Are we going to have five shows in 2020? Or 2021? Next... Towards the end of next year, does he mean, like, next school year, or does he mean next calendar year as in literally 12 months from now? I don't know. Because I took it as calendar year, and that is extremely soon. Yeah, I mean, you're, I mean, it is 2019 still. It is one of those, like, what does he mean by that? But I, they haven't cast them yet. Or have they? Or have they? I mean, they filmed El Camino secretly. I, I believe anything's <laughs> possible. Now, that movie just came out. Uh, I know they only locked down showrunners in the last couple of months, or at least publicly announced those those things. That could have been public after the fact. That's totally true. How far along are these shows? She Hulk's getting CGI'd right now. Yes! <laughs> like, I, what? They already have Jennifer Walters. She's already filmed. She's already wrapped. <laughs> Can you imagine? Okay, now that would be a great mic drop if they released a show that we knew was announced but di- didn't think was far along and just had to come out. Like, that'd be the way to do it. I mean. Waking up to the Mandalorian. Beyonce it. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> like, give me my lemonade and it's She-Hulk. Like, I am all right with that. Because they could. They have the network. They have all the tools. Oh, that'd be Y'all. I'm just I'm now now I'm broken. Now I'm just thinking about Moon Knight just happening one day. Thinking about Miss Marvel just being on my Disney Plus one morning. Just waking up. Oh look at that. What? Mary, the, whatever day is Christmas now. <laughs> Henceforth, May seventh shall be Christmas as Miss Marvel was okay, given to us. Okay, technically it would day. be a terrible choice to name Christmas or to make move Christmas to when Miss Marvel comes out. I didn't think that through. Mm, yep, that's uh, tricky. But <laughs> but uh if we just wake up one day and then henceforth that day every week a new show comes out for eight weeks, like yes. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, Yes, as someone who is currently living for new episodes of Mandalorian and loves that I did not know what we were getting when I sat down to watch that the first time, it's like a a pilot version of the see if the surprise uh, will be enough to create the buzz. And granted, they chose, like, the safest of all surprises. But, I mean, we've been talking a bit uh, uh, offline about, like, what a great move it was dropping Mandalorian without showing us the one thing that would guarantee people put down money to watch it. Yeah. Uh, that was a heck of a move. And I, it shows the confidence, and I love that. I respect that. They were like, you know, no, no, no. Baby, I was going to do just fine. <laughs> 
These toys are going to sell out. Don't even worry about it. Uh, We'll get there when we get there. So, yeah, speaking of when we get there, we got uh, some images from Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's just like them in some clothes in a hallway, but it's images. Sure is Falcon and Winter Soldier. <laughs> Uh, we got uh, an image for WandaVision, along with, uh, as you alluded mentioned earlier, the long-awaited news that she's getting the name. Give we me that headpiece. I, I love the one he's like, which I don't think we've said in the MCU, and it's like, you're darn right we haven't said it in the MCU. Kevin, How you control you on this every subject? sentence. <laughs> you control the language, sir. You had no, you know damn well, Kevin Fucky. <laughs> you know damn well. Uh, so that was delightful, uh, and that was all on the Marvel side, and then they, they were showing off a bunch of Eternal stuff that none of the rest of us get. When do we get it, Koi? I WonderCon? assume WonderCon. Okay. Because that's the next, that's the, that's an early spring, or like a springish uh, con, and I think that they're gonna do what they did with Black Widow and like, f- like, refine the footage mm-hmm. and like build up, thing. and that means con season all year, like we said on the, on the show, like every, every con can be huge because there's movies coming out oh. all year now. Um, uh, yeah, uh, okay. When did Black Widow? Yeah. Running ahead of Black Widow is where you put the Eternals trailer. Oh, that's before WonderCon. They don't WonderCon. hold it off. That's before WonderCon. Yeah, sure. so it's got to be a right? week before Black Widow drops. That's when. <laughs> oh, my God. I totally forgot. Black Widow's May and WonderCon is June. And WonderCon is usually closer to Easter. I haven't looked it is up. Is WonderCon I April? When's Easter? Usually March or April. Is it? I am the most agnostic boy. Is I'm it? moving Christmas. When I don't was know Jesus what born? Is. When did he die? When did he come back? I'm confused. <laughs> it's very busy. It's very busy season. Uh, frankly, to me, he's blue. Spring break. He does a lot of great work. <laughs> Hanging dong. Like that Jesus is mine. Uh, I think that. Uh, Corey just went in several directions. Uh... <laughs> All of them Watchmen based, but several directions. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, we will get a sneak peek right before Black Widow and then a trailer attached to Black Widow. That makes, that makes. I figure, like, release it with some kind of sport shortly before Black Widow comes out. Yeah, but okay. that may mean not wonder. In front of the movie. Yeah, okay. That's yeah. my new guess. Okay. <laughs> we had to get there, guys. We had to get there. Uh, I, I just, as a, to circle back here for a second, next year we get full length feature films in theaters. For Wonder Woman and Black Widow because we don't have to have just one thing. And it makes me so happy. So, so happy. More. Bring it on. Like, I want to find out. Like, let's have arguments about fatigue because there have been 75 movies with awesome leading ladies. And they're who so all different. Look different. Like, Birds of Prey. They're so different. Birds ne- of no, Prey, no. Next year you get Birds Black of Prey, Widow, then Black then Widow, Wonder then Woman. Wonder Woman. Koi, what happened? And they're all so different. They're all so different. Yeah, it's great. It's this amazing. is like the year Jessica Jones and Supergirl came out at the same time on TV and my head exploded. Yeah, like, and now it's theatrical. I just want it to be normal. I want this to stop feeling special because it happens every year. We're so close. I mean, we're getting closer and closer. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, so now that I'm going to knock on wood. Also, <laughs> also, if you think about it, like Watchmen is just a giant Regina King poster. It is Like amazing. that's being sold on the shoulders of an actress that can shoulder it. She is starring in Watchmen. It is but you know what I mean? Like that's a, that's a female-led show, mm-hmm. like and in, in so it. many ways. So like I think it's really cool that we that's a show that we don't talk about as as a, a female-led show because it's so. Oh, I've I, been thinking it the whole time. But I haven't I haven't separated like <laughs> male to female-led show. Like I haven't needed to. Like to me, when I talk about Watchmen, I'm not like oh that female-led program on the television. Like I'm like that great show Watchmen. So I think it's we're really close. I'm I'm in the California bubble, but like I've not been like oh this per I, I haven't checked off all the boxes of what the show is. I'm just like look at this perfect thing, yeah. which is I feels it's way. Part of what makes it, uh, it's part of why the, it is 
it is not it is a meaningful choice that contributes to the story they're telling and that adds something incredible to the legacy that they're building on. And that's an interesting thing to say because I adore original Watchmen. But what they are adding to it by letting these stories be central, by taking them seriously, by taking Laurie as seriously as she always should be taken, which and and I think like it's there's a lot of arguments to be had about whether the original narrative does her uh, serves her well or doesn't. I actually think there's more in that book that a lot of people miss about her. They're, sorry, this is a whole rant I've had building up for my whole life. Uh, <laughs> Told you guys we're gonna get to Watchmen today. I yeah, promise. sorry. It's it's she. She both deserved better and deserved for people to notice what was already there. And both of those things are happening in concert with adding something that was totally missing from the original while remaining exactly itself. Okay, that was it. That was what I was trying to say. It's uh, uh, Watchmen shouldn't make you feel this good. And that's what I'm speaking to is like I'm not looking at all the pieces of it as pieces. It's the whole. And that feels really good to not be putting it in a little box. It feels really good to be like this is just insanely freaking great and it feels great and I think we're very very close to that with the movies I'm so excited that we're very close with like Black Widow is not a female led superhero movie there's a superhero movie coming out in May starring Black Widow I mean and it's and and everyone's gonna have their preferences for how they want to talk about and deal with it it's still significant that it took this long it's still significant that it's finally happening it's sure. still like all of those facts remain true and like it or not this is special this year of having three things and if celebrating is how we help like if me drawing attention to it and the specialness mm-hmm. of it like takes it, it doesn't for me it doesn't take anything away from those individual movies because the story of it being this weird to get here is part of the story of all of them happening it's all it's one big giant connected tapestry all our watchmen <laughs> Uh, only hopefully with a happy ending. Time's we'll relative. see. We'll see next week because we haven't uh, seen it yet. Oh my god! I'd do comic book shopping without having seen the finale, and like I just I was got to experience Yaya just being excited, knowing stuff I didn't know, oh, and I was like, I can't gah, wait. Gah, gah, gah. Here's my problem. At, sorry, I promise we'll get off Watchmen eventually. I Here's don't. my problem. The finale is this week. <laughs> if this doesn't leave me devastated. It's probably not Watchmen. <laughs> but I don't uh, but I don't know what I want. <laughs> I want it to continue being so perfect to the spirit and the experience and remixing those elements, but I don't want to cry until I die. I mean, I don't what know do you, you want? Can, I I don't think you can get both things. I know. <laughs> I uh I want it to stick the landing so everyone that's been every single week I feel like people are pushing this narrative of like yeah but Damon Lindelof's endings aren't good so they've been like making excuses like I feel like since week two they're like well week one and two were great but three won't be and then three comes <laughs> in they're like well, this one's a fluke and also this one's a fluke and this one's a fluke and this one's a fluke and the casting is a fluke and the music is a fluke it's not and been eight flukes direction people. is a fluke and uh... so n- my only goal of nine is for it to stick the landing just so I can be like oh where was that bad problem like I just <laughs> I just can't wait to be like and eat the cake you bought like it's just to be good more than I wanted to make me happy. Fine. There it is. There's the truth. I, not everything is happiness. The world is dark and full of spoilers. <laughs> uh, I just I I didn't expect episode eight to do that to me with uh, with with perspective on many many iconographies that I've loved forever. Like there's so much iconography in that episode that I've always thought of as one thing, and it just went. Broop. Uh, we'll do a deep dive. Like, oh yeah, we're gonna have to because uh, yeah, someday spoilers, Watchmen, we'll do it. 
again, but with warning, and we won't do that now, which is how I'm going to stop myself from <laughs> saying more things about Watchmen. Uh, I believe, and I couldn't find a great source on this, but uh, apparently also during the Warner Brothers panel at Brazil, uh, we it seems we got some confirmation on Shazam 2 and Aquaman 2. It seems. I thought both of these had been confirmed, but well, I they, remember... They were, there's a difference between announced and confirmed, I guess, to, for me. Shazam had the writer attached, and then it was really quiet, and that yeah. was really weird. They were like, it made enough money. It's got a writer. Cast is back. And then they were like, but it's not a movie yet. <laughs> and then suddenly it was like, I guess we should probably bake the cake we've assembled the ingredients <laughs> for. We're making a movie. So, uh, And then I thought Aquaman 2 was, was uh, confirmed like... The day it made a, a billion dollars. That. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I misread this. No, no. I, um, you could be right because everyone was like, finally, Aquaman 2 confirmation. I was like, you mean when the billion dollars happened? Like, that was another thing. Uh, yeah, Yaya, there's a December release date for that. What? I guess it was definitely real. I don't know. But that was another thing Yaya and I were talking about is he was like, wait, when did I film the pilot? It was – but then December was – Wait, did I do Aquaman first? I'm like, dude, you're living like time is relative, bro. Like, it's amazing that you get to both experience what Watchmen is and this separately. It's incredible. So I think that the the Aquaman release is now the mainstream gets to announce it, whereas they just had a release date before. <laughs> all right, we have so much more to get to, uh, and I am jumping all over the place because it's just one of those weeks. Is there anything else that you want to dive into from the new Wonder Woman information? Seeing of Warner Brothers from Brazil. Uh, I feel like we covered. A lot of the like we covered three. Um, I don't want to know too much, so I didn't read the, the trailer differences. Uh, runtime's exciting. Uh, yeah, the runtime is reasonable. The the I I did love reading about Patty Jenkins saying this is the first time she's ever had a movie done like many months before it comes out. This is a pretty unusual position for any film to be in. Yeah. Uh, so she's just like now I just get to sit around and be like, well, is there anything I would change? <laughs> um, uh, I I hope that that is like. It gives me, again, so much confidence with this movie, so much like feeling like I'm in good hands. Uh, and if that turns out to be a nice way of making movies, maybe we could plan to give people time. I don't know. It sounds nice. It's weird if, uh, you know, patience sometimes pays off. She does know. say that she would want a bigger break if she does number three uh, mm-hmm. because she felt like she rolled straight into the second one. For us, it felt like it took 18,000 years, well, but feel like she they, feels like she filmed them back to back. I feel like they did and they delayed it when it was done. Like this movie, I thought this movie was finished like four <laughs> months ago and they were like, push well, the date. Because it was originally going to release this fall, right. which I guess she probably would have been able to make, but maybe at some point she was, was just a little... making sure. But I, I'd rather give Patty the time off and then have it come out the release date initially set than push it when it's almost done. Absolutely. Let Patty Jenkins breathe. So speaking of things I can't wait for, we got extended footage from Birds of Prey, or rather the audience did. Mm. I haven't read the full description because I want to see it when we get the trailer. But the posters they released for it look amazing. I'm down to talk posters because I've been avoiding – I my new thing is uh, – <sighs> I don't know if this is fair. I, reading descriptions feels like uh, akin to seeing like unfinished costumes because mm. it's someone's perspective right. of a perspective. Yeah. So like when you see uh, Crossbones and he's not fully, you know, they haven't done the CGI yet. I'm like, well, that's just the camera person's perspective on what it's going to be. Mm. Whereas I want to see it in the film. Right. So I don't usually read descriptions because I want it to be what the filmmaker is perceiving it as, not the viewer that's translating through their words of what the filmmaker might have put out. Yeah. So I haven't read shit. <laughs> uh, so we'll get to that. I made a whole section for the posters later. But if you also want to know some more about the movie, uh, press coverage from the set visits uh, has started to hit. I'm, I'm again going to direct you to Collider.com. We know them. Uh, because they're great. And uh, there's some very interesting insights. They've unfortunately put to rest in advance one of my big questions about whether we would get a certain cameo for a character connected to the Birds of Prey in this movie. Um, and I'm sort of glad to kind of like 
pulling the Band-Aid off style already know what not to expect. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the spoiler policy should be here because people are running with it as a headline, and we're all going to know it at some point, but a certain person isn't in the movie. Uh, and look, I would have loved to live in the universe where that was... I crossed that bridge so long ago, and I'm fully on board with this vision of Birds of Prey. It doesn't mean that I don't wish everyone was here, but man, everyone who's here looks amazing. Yeah, and that that's what works for me. I I, I like this choice. Like, I like the – are we talking about the headline regarding uh, where the film exists? Uh, you, actually, now that you pointed out, uh, we're not. Oh, okay. That's what I thought we were on, and I, and I think that's a great call. Uh, <laughs> you were so good at being vague about spoilers, I'm lost. <laughs> It's the one directly above that, I think. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it doesn't make sense for the comic, but this isn't a comic. It's a move. Like, it's like Civil War. Civil War didn't follow the Folks, comic. I'm being very confusing, and I'm sorry about that. But I'm trying to personally navigate what I think the spoiler policy should be for this film. Uh, yeah. So we did also learn, and I think this would probably not be a spoiler, and I loved learning it, uh, that the uh, figuring out the story behind the scenes, that the key moment things uh, sort of kicked, like sprang to life for Margot Robbie mm-hmm. uh, as a moving force behind the scenes was when she was just reading a bunch of Huntress comics. And that's so cool. Which like, is amazing. That's rad. And Mary, Mary Elizabeth Winstead's playing Huntress, mm-hmm. right? She is so good. Uh, like she was, she made Gemini Man a little better. Like that movie went from like an F minus to an F plus. Like, it, it, like she's so good in that movie, and she's acting opposite Will Smith, who, like, the movie doesn't work, but pieces work so well, and she's a big one of those pieces. Mm. So I love when an actress uh, or anyone can like elevate bad material. And I remember watching Gemini Man, being like, but she's all right. Look at her. And then like everything else she's in, she's also incredible. Uh, if you haven't seen Smashed with Aaron Paul, she's brilliant in it. Uh, so it began with Huntress, which was amazing. You can read some of that, which I think won't really spoil uh, what they're doing. Like that one you can read sort of spoiler-free because she's just talking about like literally the creative process of like being in Suicide Squad, digging into the DC universe and sort of being like, that character's great. This character's great. These good, this would be a really – oh. Margot Robbie, you're welcome on the show. <laughs> yes, please. I would love to talk about which comics elevated different things in comic book than do. That's amazing. Uh, so that was just neat to get some insight into. Uh, I can't wait for that movie in conclusion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we also – oh, my God. Buried in the – towards the end of a giant size. Would have been a headline. kind of week. Peter Sarsgaard's going to be in the Batman. He's in the Batman. Who is he playing? We don't know. Now – Who's Matt Reeves has tweeted out normally the character's name, not okay. the actor's name. Okay. With Robert Pattinson, he just tweeted out bats. With Zoe, he tweeted out no no text whatsoever. And then the next four actors were all the name of their character. Mm-hmm. In this one, he said Pete, like which everyone's assuming is Peter Sargard because his name is also Pete. I don't know any major Batman rogues named Pete. I tried to think. I got nothing. So I think it's an intentional mislead. I think he might be Two-Face. Mm-hmm. That's my theory. Two-Face is the only thing. He looks very... You know, attorney-ish. Uh, I do think they're going to – and I also think the reason he wouldn't say his name is because Long Halloween. Because Two-Face is such a big part of Long Halloween. It Like everyone's assuming it's that. If you if you cast Two-Face, it's confirmed. I mean honestly, confirmed, the, but. The, the question of how to adapt a famous mystery is a really interesting <laughs> one. Because you have a different situation than being like murder on the Orient Express. Everybody already knows the story if they decide to. Sure. You just have to deal with that. But in a world like this, you sort of – I'm very curious how you approach things like if you want to use the same story from a famous mystery, 
how do you approach that? Do you mm-hmm. try to hide it? Do you wear it on your sleeve? Do you try to use the same structure but sub out who's in what place to somehow keep keep, keep people guessing? But if you see this actor on set more than one day and he's not visiting his friends, you kind of have to announce he's in it. So you'd say his name, I think. Speaking of finding no approaches for things, uh, we also – I just thought this was really le- neat. The cinematographer from Joker is also going to be shooting Black Adam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and talked this week a little bit about – uh, and I think a collider screening. I think it was a collider screening at Arclight. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get our We didn't our know about that. Well, communication. Um, but it sounded lovely. And he said a great quote, which is that his experience on Joker makes him want to find new ways to do things. And that he's hoping with Black Adam they can do, and here's the quote I like, something a bit inventive. I mean, the movie he shot made a billion dollars. I feel like (laughs) I hope that means they can play around some more. Like, I'm hoping that means the cinematographer's like, hey, remember how good we made that movie? Maybe we make this movie look real good. So I think it only helps. Now, I'm curious what kind of inventive approach they'll find for Black Adam, who's a a very interesting character, especially, like, the antihero side of him. Uh, I don't know what that movie's going to be. But uh, it's, again, got a lot of pieces I'm very interested in. Mm we got an announcement this week for an indie that is coming straight from new release part of the comic book shelves. This was almost on our top five last week because uh, I was trying to decide between Butcher of Paris and Kill Whitey Donovan. Uh, but there is a Civil War era comic uh, about revenge uh, that sounds really, really cool that uh, came out last week and has already been potentially picked up to be made into a movie. I, I mean, it's what I'm seeing now is more and more really cool comics get made out of the hope of being adapted, which means like uh, publishers are giving weird comics a chance. Like, I feel like it only helps us to have these things be adapted because it's this Ouroboros of talent and creativity. Like, oh, that might be a thing. Greenlight it. Make a comic. And then the comic might be a movie, might not. Either way, we're getting more comics. So I'm, I'm every one of these announcements makes me happy. <laughs> So this announcement made me less happy uh, because I don't know any – I don't have any info behind the scenes here. But I was very sad to hear that apparently there is uh, some trouble in the Marvel animated adult Hulu-verse. Uh, we have not known what's going on there in a while. We haven't had sort of a solid update. But as far as we know, they were working on four series and a crossover to be called The Offenders. And one of those series was Tigra and Dazzler, uh, the extremely unexpected but very fun-sounding duo. Um, and apparently – uh, there have been massive creative changes on that one, and they have switched out the whole writing team and the showrunner? I have not heard of something like this happening this late in the game in a while. Uh, I'm sure it does happen more, but it's usually quieter because Marvel's a very loud thing. Yeah. Uh, so it's a bummer, I can't imagine. Uh, they were very deep into production. Yeah, I'm um, really sad for, for all of the folks involved, and I hope... <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know how, what to hope for. Like, animation takes a long time. Yeah. So I can't imagine, like, this late in the game restructuring. But I am very excited for the show. Sounds like it's still moving forward. It sounds like The Offenders is still on track. Uh, the Offenders has been one of the only things I've been really worried about with the Marvel Fox mm-hmm. situation because we lost all the Marvel shows that weren't uh, under the Disney Plus banner. But it sounds like these are going to be structuring around the Hulu thing, keeping it separate on purpose. Uh, I hope Hulu turns into to Disney's R-rated leg. And I think this is the opportunity to do that, have an R-rated series of cartoons, make it whatever you want, and then put Deadpool over there. Um, so I'm curious what this means uh, long-term for the Offenders, but right now it's just got, like, I got my eye on it. Yeah, uh, it it is interesting because in the reporting on this, they basically said the other series were on track, which Mm -hmm. was like a an interesting sort of confirmation by side of yeah yeah we uh, so it sounds like it sounds like these shows are are definitely still happening. 
Uh, and I'm very curious. I hope the show we get is great. I hope the best for everybody involved. I'm sorry that it didn't work out. Uh, as we are seeing right now with Why the Last Man, uh, apparently sometimes you can lose your showrunners and just carry forward. Um, I'm hoping that that one's going to be great as well. This is what uh, we get for paying attention to the behind the scenes. Yeah, this is the, the, the knowing heartbreak. way too much. Yeah. Uh, and finally, an announcement that has me over the moon. Happened just this morning. We're taping this on Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> we found out that I think going to Showtime, I think it is, we are getting a television adaptation of The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay. Now, The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay. Corey, are, is this... I don't know this at all. I'm really excited to hear because your, your zeal is there. Uh, there are not words strong enough. Uh, for this book. It is a novel it, uh, by Michael Chabon, uh, who, crucial part of this announcement, is with his wife, who is also a writer. They are adapting it themselves. Dope. This is coming out of his relationship because he's the showrunner for, uh, I think, Picard. Oh, um, so One of the new Star Treks. He's, he's He's gone from, he is a wildly award-winning genius novelist who has moved, come to TV uh, and is now expanding his relationship by adapting his own I, I ch- check my facts. I think it won the Pulitzer Prize. Damn. Um, but The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay takes fictional characters who could, like, it tells the story of the golden age of comics using characters created for the novel, but who will feel more real to you than, like, Simon and Kirby and uh, equally real. Like, cool. the world they live in. The background that leads to the creation of these characters, the dawn of the Golden Age, the middle century America, the looming World War II, uh, the 50s culture. Like, everything is in this book and the prose in the book. It is one of the most beautifully written things I've ever encountered. So there's basically zero chance that any TV show can possibly live up to this book. But I will be there. I, I can't. I don't know how to talk about it. Cavalier and Clay is a life changer. Yeah. Uh, and if anyone is going to do any kind of adaptation, it should be I'm those glad it's Michael it. Chabon. Uh, because if he messes it up, he suffers. It's I on guess. him. Um, that's a heartbreaking concept. <laughs> so, yes, it is a, a fictional take on the birth of comics uh, starring some characters that you will fall madly in love with. Uh, it is incredibly written and it is coming to television so that is close to comic book news and i couldn't not talk about uh, you it. your excitement i'm counting it that, they that's did so eventually do some like so the character they create in the world of their novel uh got comic books eventually a, a few um that that sort of helped to bring it all to life okay that's it cavalier and clay we're gonna Yo. count it we're gonna count it ah! And now... Let's talk about the visual medium. (laughs) Yep. I made an entire category for things that you can't enjoy on this podcast, but that I was very excited about because if you missed a single one of these, I am sad uh, and you need to know about them because this was the week of amazing posters. It really was. (laughs) Uh, In addition to all the rest of the news. All right. We got two amazing posters. Count them. Two for Black Widow. And they're both great. Look Uh, them up. We got character posters for the Birds of Prey cast. They're gorgeous. Uh, I love the... All of the artistic stuff they're doing here. Look, if they were wearing costumes and Oracle was here, I would be a perfectly happy human being. Um, but I am 
so happy. Like the the birth of Venus thing that they're doing with Birds of Prey. It's so clever and it's cute. So good and it's so well done. And like tying into that first poster, which I loved with the floaty birdies. Like this is another level of art. I'm all about it. The execution is so good and the ideas are so good. Hunters and looks I'm, great. Ah, everything. And uh, we, yeah, so, and we got new Wonder Woman character posters as well, which... Uh, which uh, I, I have to say, I've been on the fence and real close to buying a fanny pack for some time. <laughs> and frankly, if Chris Evans, Chris Evans, if Chris Pine what in... The one of the handsome men named Chris the Blue Eyes. The sweater Chris or the fanny pack Chris? Uh, fanny pack Chris. Okay. I've already got the sweater. Come on Hammer now, that was Chris, two weeks ago. Sweater Chris, fanny pack Chris. We just refer to them as their accessories. Yeah. I love that. Hammer Chris, Sweater Chris, Fanny Pack Chris. You get all of these things, Who? and then you've got the full set. Is that all the Chris? Oh, and uh, well, and Dinosaur Chris. Okay, Dinosaur Chris. Dinosaur Chris. Yeah. I feel like he like always has a dinosaur. Sure. He, like, I, I imagine that man will carry a raptor in his pocket. Like, <laughs> raptor, I'm just, Chris. raptor Chris. Yeah. Raptor Chris. Raptor Chris, Hammer Chris, Fanny Pack Chris, Sweater Chris. All delightful. <laughs> uh, but Fanny Packs, I they've been almost back for so long, and if Wonder Woman is the thing that finally puts it over the edge, <laughs> you better believe I'll be wearing a Fanny pack. My phone wallet is real big and it hurts my butt and it hurts. it's too big in my front pouch. Every time I film something you can see my legs, it's it's just it's my whole leg and if not I'm sitting on my phone it hurts my back. I want a fanny pack frankly. <laughs> I'm a minimalist with keys but anything to get anything out of my pockets I am there. Give me a fanny pack. Yeah, I own one. They're it's great! Fine. Uh, it, uh, it's, look, it's just real useful is the thing. His watch is fantastic in this image. There's a lot going on and then of course the Kingdom Come armor on Gal Gadot is <sighs> just like good God, how is that even, how is it fair for you to look that way and be that great? I don't understand. It's just not right. Uh, how and Max Lord work? and the cheetah. Oh man, the cheetah image is just so like the 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 tauntingness of Kristen Wiig's eyes, like the cat. Like nah, it's right. I love th- this. Was my poster set of the week was the Wonder Woman's. Honestly, it's it's it's. They all all of the sets of posters we've just talked about have been so striking and gorgeous. I it might. I might give the edge to Birds of Prey just yep. for execution of that wonderfully off-the-wall, beautiful, candy-colored uh, th- I don't know. It's real cool but- to see Black Mask in that suit, though. Or, like, not he's not yet Black Mask, but the Black Mask suit that he's wearing is mm. dope. I, it's they're all the best, including this next one, uh, which had a little bonus for us. But Ooh. the uh, best surprise poster of the week for me was Lock and Key. February 7th. That's like tomorrow. The way time moves, that's tomorrow. Before we know it, we'll be talking giant size lock and key reviews. Yeah. Which is incredible. Netflix is now the home of Umbrella Academy, Lock and Key, soon to be Sandman. They are killing it Mm -hmm. on the comic book adaptation front. I can't wait for Lock and Key. It's going to be real upsetting. Dark, depraved, sad. Uh, Finally read that, what, last fall, I think I finally sat down and read Lock and Key. It's incredible. I reread volume one this week, perhaps for comic book trapping reasons. Uh, and I just sat back in my chair. Very dramatically. <laughs> uh, so Lock and Key is uh, is real good. Uh, I really enjoyed volume one. I'm going to keep rereading through all of it. After I finish The Boys, that's going to take The Boys spot of my three graphic novels a week, Madness. Oh, you're going to be having a good time. I haven't read the last two. I've only read the first three volumes. Then there's five. So yeah, there's six. 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 Oh, shit. Say. I've only read half then. Oh, I've got a lock, a lock and Key coming. So good. So good. 
uh, and real disturbing. So get ready for that. I hope you uh, like being worried about kids. Mandalorian has prepared us. That's true. That's true. We're fortified. <laughs> Can I say that right now in the rundown, we just finished Lock and Key, visualize the rundown. The next thing, the next category is what we're watching. And Amy very innocently, very sweetly said, more Watchmen talk if we didn't do that already, as if we didn't spend 25 <laughs> minutes. Like, I just love that you're like, maybe we won't talk Watchmen. Just I'm like, Amy, what if I have to make it all about Watchmen? <laughs> It's like it's just it's like you putting Saga in the comic book pull list, like just in case for Koi. I'm like Watchmen's everything we need to discuss. Koi, this is the last time there isn't there. This is the last time we record this with an episode of season one of HBO's Watchmen that we haven't seen. Oh no, that's real. I honestly, I really wanted to be like, can we make this like the comics and just accidentally take several extra months to come out because Please. I don't want it to be over. I don't want. I'm not ready for that. Uh, oh man, next week we're gonna be talking about the finale of Watchmen. Yo, no news drop next week. I'm carving out that show. It's just Watchmen talk. But the third part of Crisis will be out by next week. TV. And we'll be on the, cr- the cliffhanger, the 7,000-week big... cliffhanger. Maybe we can split the next week heroes in half and do a, a Crisis and a Watchmen, and that's it. <laughs> just 15 minutes of each. Full-on 80s nerd glory. That's it. On our TV screens. The fact that we have Infinite Cri- Crisis on Infinite Earths and Watchmen both on, on our TV screens, no comic pull list next week. 15 minutes each. That's it. Uh, we, who knows? We'll see. Um, we can't wrap up without this last, which, uh, I was so happy to learn a piece of news <laughs> this week, uh, behind the scenes. Guys, if there's two things I like, it's booze and Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> and frankly, I never thought that'd be a news story, but in the world we live in, which is full of magic and wonders, Bob Iger called Tom Holland during the madness of the, uh, will they, won't they Sony Marvel debate. And we had heard that this phone call happened. That's we, what we knew. We knew that there had been a phone call. And Tom Holland, we knew, had helped. We'd heard he'd helped uh, usher it one direction or the other. Now, there are agents. There are lawyers. There are many a million caveats. But we do know Tom Holland talked to Bob Iger. And that's what matters. We did not know until this week. <laughs> Your boy was drunk. Tom Holland was out. I said it was like trivia night at the it was pub. A pub trivia with his family. <laughs> yeah. So I, everyone was like, "Why was he drinking with his family?" Every time I go home, I drink with my family. My family's dope. Like I thought it was very normal. My twenty-first birthday, I took my first legal drink with my mom and dad because they're rad people. Uh, like I wanted them to share that they got me there. Like frankly, so, without them, twenty-one wouldn't happen. I also took my uh, first legal drink with my family at at a restaurant, but it was very funny because the waiter rolled up with like a margarita or something, and I tasted it, and I made this face, and she was like, "Oh, you." actually don't drink yet oh and she brought me like because i you know i'm me yeah Uh, but it was she was just like oh i i misunderstood uh and uh yeah to explain amy and i in a sentence (laughs) she had a margarita made a face i'm not kidding i'm about to tell you i had shots of 151 on my 21st birthday and they tasted like shots The dichotomy of our upbringing is just amazing. Uh, so Tom Holland, uh, pub trivia with his family, had a grand old time, answered the phone. It was an, an unlisted number. On the other end was Bob Iger, and uh, openly weeping was discussed, uh, crying over spider Watch the Kimmel thing. Have him explain it. It's a beautiful story. Yep. So I put this on the rundown with the header, thank you, Drunk Tom Holland, <laughs> who is now like, I, I want an alternate universe where Drunk Tom Holland saves all kinds of things. Oh, Uncancels man. your favorite show. Can uh, he get Henry Cavill back in the Cape maybe. for sure? We don't know. Can we just make that happen? They're both very British. <laughs> Please call Bob Iger about a Warner Brothers property somehow, Tom Holland. All right. Uh, before we are totally done with this, our pull list looks rad this week. 
I do want to give uh, uh, a much sadder note. I, I missed this in our rundown, I think, last week. Mm. Um, but we try to acknowledge when some of the greats have been lost. And in addition to the nerd world got hit pretty hard this week, um, especially Star Trek fans uh, and those of us, well, every living human who owes a debt to Sesame Street, um, it was a tough week on on beloved icons. Uh, but in comics a couple of weeks back, uh, Howard Cruz passed away. And that's not a name that everybody's going to know. But you know his influence because he was a pioneer in autobiographical comics and in putting gay people in comics. Uh, he opened doors for a lot of the stories that have changed our medium. His book, Stuck Rubber Baby, uh, is an iconic story uh, in the, the like, a groundbreaking memoir. Uh, he, you know, some of my favorite authors like Alison Bechtel uh, have drawn inspiration from that stuff. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, I think, was, he, uh, did I write down, uh, yes, he was 75, um, and Howard Cruz left us just a couple weeks ago, and thank you for everything you did. Always appreciate the the people that not everyone knows the name of, and uh, just giving that person some love. And uh, yeah, it uh, his stories reached an awful lot of people and influenced an awful lot of artists, and uh, we all get to benefit from that, which is amazing. I don't think we have time for Twitter questions today. I don't think we do. We should quickly run through the poll list just in case people yes. are only audio people. Uh, we've got Superman 18. The big reveal is this week, and I've been very excited for it. I want to say in advance because I haven't read it yet. I have been very much in the, this is a bad idea, why is this happening, um, except it's Bendis? Yeah. I, I hate how much I'm just like, no, it's Bendis. Like, he's so good that I'm just like, he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, and I read Superman 17. Which I loved. Which was great. It's Bendis. So here's the thing. I'm worried that I'm going to love Oh, this. I'm ready to love it. I, I, I'm ready to apologize for loving it. I'm ready to clone <laughs> saga apologize. Yeah. You know me. I defend Ben Riley. I'll defend this choice. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, next up is X-Force number three. Can we just say, are you reading X-Force? I'm not caught up. Oh, my God. It's dark. At one point, and I like X-Force is always dark. That's the point of the book. At one point, Wolverine, I don't know how this has never been done before, Wolverine is stressed out and he's flexing his knuckles and popping his claws as like a, a, a squeezy like a ball. St- so he's just like snicked, like threatening, just trying to like, and I'm like, that's, the, why wouldn't he do that? Like that's it was just, amazing. what a great little detail. And it's like a nine page panel where he's like snicked, snicked. Anyway, X-Force is really solid right now. And we've got the second issue in a, one of the standout new series of the year, N.K. Jemison and Jamal Campbell's Far Sector. This is a brand new Green Lantern story, but like like none you've ever seen by incredible creators Jamal Campbell we keep shouting out he was the artist on Naomi he's incredible jaw dropping one of the biggest debuts I've ever seen like he's brilliant um, so yeah Far Sector get on it then we got Detective Comics number 1017 my boy Tom Taylor one of my favorite writers working is doing a one off so if you don't normally read Batman it's a great single issue to pick up and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles by Tom Waltz and Kevin Eastman hits issue 100 it is an amazing milestone. There are there like are, there are no records. Turtles is not coming for in some fashion or other. Uh, but this new IDW run that they've been doing for the last several years hits issue 100 this week. Uh, as they say in the description, over eight years of TMNT storytelling have led to this game-changing moment. 
Uh, and people don't mess around with issue 100s. So no. I would say that's there's probably going to be something worth checking out in this one. They're going to charge you $7.99 for it. But uh, you know you need it. It's TMNT 100. What are I you going to do? I uh, mean, you know, Uncle Ben's killer might come back. Uh, who knows what might happen? We might get an <laughs> Iron Spider suit. Who knows what might happen? Like, so many options. It's, it's going to be a big deal. Uh, they're also, this is a big Bat Week book. Batman's Grave number three comes out. Batman Curse the White Knight comes out. It is a giant week. Ocean Master Year of the Villain. Um, yo, like, the last year DC is... is up their game to such a level, I'm reading as many DC as Marvel books, and I've realized like how much I am in love with the Bat. Like it's turns out comics are great. Turns out comics we are great. Have a problem. It's because... a re- we could do an hour on just the pull list. Yeah. And then one week we will after Watchmen. Uh, <laughs> but until then, stay, stay sweaty. sweaty. Napa know how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa Automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831.20. What's up? It's Kevin Hart. And with new rewards from Chase Freedom Unlimited, I now earn even more cash back. Even on a beach getaway. I earn 3% of drugstores on beach snacks. Hmm, these chips have some staying on them. I earn 3% on dining, including takeout, after Seagull eats all my chips. And I earn 5% on travel purchased through Chase, like a hotel room to hide from that Seagull. Learn more at ChaseFreedom.com. Chase, make more of what's yours. Account subject to credit approval. Restrictions, limitations apply. Offer subject to change. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC.